1: Flew to Austin, Texas for the week He's visiting a friend It's his first ever solo trip I never went on a solo trip as a kid But a buddy of his moved to Texas Like so many are doing from California And uh, so we thought we'd send him out there to visit And I went to the airport yesterday I got there 90 minutes early Which is unlike me But I got there 90 minutes And barely made the flight Running as fast as we could Almost the last person on the plane really 90 minutes yeah i've never seen anything like that and uh apparently was that way uh talking to uh the other mom on the other end in austin it's just the travel thing is out of control i don't know if just everybody's decided that's it
0: after a year ago, but I gotta go somewhere or why I? I can't stay here another minute. So was it ginormous uh, lines at security?
1: Uh all everything. Everything was uh a p- part of it might be the customer service thing. Maybe they're also having problems with the whole we don't have enough employees, you know, like we were talking last week about restaurants. Customer services at restaurants is is the worst I've ever seen in my life. Um uh got another wrong order over the weekend. It's just it's I've had more wrong orders or things not show up um for food than i've ever had in my life so everybody's struggling with not enough employees and then customers get on but anyway so there's some of that going on at the airport i think and then security was just insane but um uh people the hotel i stayed at over fourth of july i'd never experienced this in my life if you went to get on the elevator in the lobby you had to stand in line for a good couple of minutes before you could get on the elevator i've never stood on line for an elevator in my life and you had to every single time you got on the elevator
0: well, unless there's some sort of slacker elevator operator, old-timey style, it's, it's just got to be sheer numbers of humans, right?
1: I, I guess, but just everything is so dang crowded. Traffic wow. where I live, I don't know if it's this way around the country, traffic is the worst of in the 25 years I've lived in the same area. Traffic is the worst it's ever been. Wow. So I, I think everybody's just like out and about and doing things because of being locked down for so long, I guess. I guess that's what's going on.
0: Yeah, I remember thinking I probably said it out loud. In fact, I did say out loud during uh, the height of the COVID uh, mess that there was some uh, demand that would be deferred. Uh-huh. Like, you know, th- some things that people would go ahead and buy later or do later. I didn't think travel would bounce back with a vengeance like uh, people are traveling extra to make up for lost time. It would seem. Yeah, it would seem.
1: By the way, I'll have to get to this later, an article that I came across the COVID was the greatest transfer of wealth from small business to large businesses of the history of capitalism in that hundreds of thousands of small businesses had to be closed, many of which went out of business, while Target, Walmart, and Amazon set records. Because couldn't, people couldn't buy their stuff anywhere but Walmart, Target, and Amazon, so they had record profits. But small businesses all across the country, many of them selling the same stuff, uh, weren't allowed to be open. And well, uh, they
0: weren't essential, according to the government. <laughs>
1: right. So that that's pretty
0: interesting. I'd never really thought about it that that clearly, but that's cl- that's absolutely what happened. And and uh, we said it at the time. They could not say, look, we'll keep everybody safe. We know how. We have the capabilities. Everybody's going to be fine. No, you're not essential, according to bureaucrats. So close. Uh, there's your family fortune. There's your dreams. There's years of effort down the tubes. But that's your problem. Olympics. You should get a government job.
1: Uh, I'm wearing a Hawaiian shirt today. You cannot see, uh, obviously, because we're on the radio. Uh, I rarely wear Hawaiian shirts, but I'm wearing a Hawaiian shirt because I think it's particularly interesting. I bought it at the CVS
0: pharmacy <laughs> for five dollars. Wow! <laughs> Another in uh, years-long series of of bargain shirts you bought at grocery stores, buying, auto parts stores, wherever yes, they're for sale.
1: Buying it places where they don't normally sell clothes, and they just for some reason have some hanging around, and one is in my size, so I went ahead and bought it. So.
0: It's, uh, it's, it's very restrained. It's, it's tasteful. It's a uh, dark brown with various earth tone shades. Five dollars. Hmm. Well, you got your money's worth. <laughs> I mean, if it falls apart at noon, you got your money's worth. That's true. That's I mean, true. if I found myself shirtless and somebody said, I'll rent you a shirt for half a day for five dollars, I'd say, hell yeah. <laughs> I'm in. So you, you've done well. <laughs> anybody beat that for a new piece of clothing? Your freedom loving quote of the day. <laughs> I was going to move on from Alexander Solzhenitsyn, but I was actually in the the process of closing the tab when I came across uh, the tab on my browser, when I came across this quote. Now, you may not know this about uh, Solzhenitsyn, but once he got out of the gulag, he actually uh, fled the Soviet Union and, and traveled the West for a while. I don't re- recall the specific dates or anything, but then he, as a outsider, uh, much like de Tocqueville, he offered his comments. And uh, he said this, Without any censorship in the West, fashionable trends of thought and ideas are carefully separated from those which are not fashionable. Nothing is forbidden, but what is not fashionable will hardly ever find its way into periodicals or books or be heard in colleges. Legally, your researchers are free, but they are conditioned by the fashion of the day. Hmm. How true is that? Yeah, no kidding. Uh Let's see. This is from, we'll just say anonymous, who uh who said... Uh, fan of your show, love how you combine uh, interesting info with humor. There you uh, go. Want to tell you more about life in China. Between 2012 and 2019, I made several lengthy trips to China for business. While well, there, I established long-standing relationships that provided a window into everyday life for the Chinese professional middle class. Joe, you recently wondered how the Chinese populace would react if they really knew what it was like in the West. Many Chinese already do. Many of them have traveled to the U.S. and Europe. Or have family uh, that have done so. Many of the upper middle class send their children to college in Europe, UK, or the US. They've acquired a taste for American culture, although that's changing rapidly under Xi Jinping. Definitely sense more nationalism and tension during uh, toward the US during my last trips there. Huh. Uh, this tension started before Trump, by the way. Oh, uh, they mentioned uh, Chinese professional women love desperate housewives back in the day. Uh, they love Disney. Um, oh, and this is the part I really wanted to get to. Uh, the Chinese also broadcast the international version of CNN in China. If you've never seen CNN International, it's even worse than the U.S. version. The Communist Party couldn't do a better job of producing anti-American propaganda than CNN already does. Wow,
1: and we export that around the world to help the Chinese do
0: their job of trying to win the PR war. Right, so CNN openly and enthusiastically anti-American all over the world. Keep it in mind, folks. That's amazing. While watching CNN during my last visit, my hotel television suddenly went dark as soon as Fareed Zakaria gave a teaser for an upcoming segment on protests in Hong Kong. At first, I thought I'd rolled over on the remote control. The broadcast resumed, and everything was fine for about another half hour. Then Fareed mentioned that they would return to Hong Kong after a commercial break. Again, the television went dark. That's interesting, isn't it? Mm Mm-hmm. Keep in mind, and you know what, I loathe CNN because of the crappy quality of their coverage, their, their one-sided propagandizing, their unctuous anchors, that Cuomo pile of filth and the rest of it. I, I'd forgotten about the whole CNN International being so anti-American. Thanks for the reminder.
1: Well, that's another, another one of my, has anybody ever done this before? Has there ever been an empire that doesn't control its borders? Has there ever been an empire that teaches its citizens to to hate its own country? And has there ever been an empire that rather than put propaganda around the world to, you know, to give the rosiest glow of the empire, puts propaganda out around the world to to put a, a lesser version of the empire?
0: Well, yeah, I mean, I could argue, how about we just have good, balanced, hey, here's the pros and cons, some of the pros lead to cons, and some of the cons turn into pros in America. It's a complicated place. No, no, they are not neutral. They are avowedly anti-American. I wish there was something I could do within the bounds of ethics and the law to damage CNN. Uh, Maybe just saying this is enough. Although I, I don't think our, our listeners are huge CNN fans, probably. Oh, you not. know what? I left. I left out of my list of complaints my former arch nemesis, Wolf Blitzer. Oh, <laughs> that's right. He's just become so soft and benign and like a nothing. How can you have an an arch nemesis that's like a worn out teddy bear? So I've moved on. Now I have several nemeses that I take on on a you know rotating basis. Um, I expect
1: uh the world's richest man to do some interviews here very shortly and talk about what it was like to go into space. Yesterday, he told CBS he doesn't know how this flight will change him, but he's sure that it will. So perhaps he can answer that question today.
0: Yeah. Oh, and one more note uh, via email. And Margaret wrote us a nice note. Uh, you mentioned your bike had gotten stolen the other yeah. day. Uh, she and her husband are big road bikers with expensive uh, bikes that got stolen, several of them. Yeah. And uh, she mentioned there's one guy who was caught on 10 different security cameras stealing bikes. Wow. And they finally caught him, but they probably slapped his wrist. And she said, yeah, it's just junkies uh, stealing bikes, selling them to get their fix for a fraction of what they're worth. Uh, they make their way out of the, out of the state, out of the country, and then people sell them for more like what they're worth.
1: Um, it's hard to stop bikes from being stolen because, you know, uh, your higher end bikes have detachable wheels and, uh, and so they either steal just a wheel or the wheels or the, the frame is there or they steal the frame and the front wheel. But I just, it's hard to stop a bike from being stolen. Not to mention, if you carry around any cable cutters, you can cut through any bike lock
0: in a second anyway, so. Uh, You know, I was thinking of that the other day. I had to use my my bolt cutters to cut a bolt, actually. And it was a big, nasty bolt, too. But after a great deal of straining, I was successful. And I thought, how good are bike locks? Very. (laughs) They're not good at all. Yeah. And you know what? It's uh, If I were a different guy, the business model of recruiting an army of junkies to do the retail part of the crime, just steal me a bunch of bikes, then bring them to me you know and i would i would change our meeting place and i would i would make it so that i wouldn't get caught uh and then i would sell them for close to what they are worth i would give the junkies a fraction i mean it's a pretty good business model if if and this is the big if if the place you're living has no law enforcement and and does has uh, uh, permitted crime in essence right my business model depends on that. Thanks, California. Every bike
1: store I go to, I ask people about stolen bikes, like what happens to them to see if I could get mine back. And a guy told me, uh, he said, I had my bike stolen three times, high end bikes. And he said, I drove, I drive by homeless camps and they're full of bikes. Every homeless camp is absolutely full of bicycles. And, uh, uh this was eye opening to me. You were talking about the illusion of security um with door locks and uh, all kinds of things that we lock to make ourselves feel like we've got more security but it's just it's just a thin veneer and really no impediment at all to professionals. I was uh, doing some volunteer work at a church a couple of years ago and there was a th- there was a room that was locked with this big thick log chain and a padlock. Nobody remembered what the combination was or who had the key or whatever and I said well I'll go to the hardware store and get a uh, big bolt and thing. So I went to the hardware store, store and got a one of those big heavy pair with the long handles. It was effortless to cut through that big, thick chain. Effortless. I mean, it, 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 a child could have done it with that wow. thing. So I thought, really, for 60 bucks, you can buy this big thing, and you can cut through any chain in a second like you're cutting through butter. But we all have this illusion that we've chained it up. And so, yeah,
0: thieves yeah. want it. They'll just take it. Was that when you found Jimmy Hoffa's bones?
1: Yes, Jimmy Hoffa's bones. Hmm. That's exactly right. The church theory. Turns out it was true. Yep. I have them uh, displayed in my living room. <laughs> Tasteful.
0: Armstrong
1: and Getty. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. Are
0: you tired of gulping
1: down the lying
0: filth of the mainstream media? Yeah, we are too. We try to tell you the truth every single day. Gulping down lying filth.
1: Wow. Nobody wants to sound dumb. Our goal is to help you not sound dumb. We'll inform you and it'll be fun at the same time. You don't have to choose between entertainment and information. Combine them both with the Armstrong and Getty show. Armstrong and Getty on demand. Four episodes available every
0: day via the iHeartRadio app or wherever you download your podcast
1: twitter has announced that they're going to start taking down photos and videos that were posted without permission twitter will now ask you a series of questions when you're about to post an image to make sure it's yours to tweet and they do in a weird way before you post twitter is always asked what's happening, which is strange, I don't know how you're supposed to respond to them. I'm on Twitter, nothing's happening, obviously, but... Then, if you attach an image, now when you press Tweet, it asks a follow-up question. It says, is everything in this post, including photos, suitable for public posting? If you say yes, it asks, have you considered keeping this thought to yourself? And then, why well, Tweet it all, honestly, go ride a bike or something. Is this what 10-year-old you saw yourself doing when you grew up? And if you say, yes, I do want to tweet, it says, okay, fine. But when's the last time you showered? And then if you clear all those, you're ready to post. That's pretty funny. Everybody recognizes Twitter is awful. Yeah. (laughs) Well, most people aren't on it, as we've pointed out many times. You know, one in three people around the world have never used the Internet. A new UN report. Lucky bastards. Lucky (laughs) bastards. (laughs) Non-crazy, better-informed Less angry lucky bastards. Mm. That would be uh, almost 3 billion people that have never been on the
0: internet. So you got 3 more billion people to completely warp and change the way they look at their lives. Boy, Mark Zuckerberg just got visibly aroused. You. <laughs> <laughs> no um, <one> wants that. <laughs> Least of all, Mrs. Zuckerberg. <laughs> oh, what a mean spirited thing to say. Eh, you ruined the world. He had it coming. <laughs> he ruined the world.
1: <laughs> um, I was thinking about this the other day. I was uh, riding my bike through this uh, major college campus, uh, the town that I live in. Me and my kids riding our bike through here. Oh, we were going to visit this building we'd heard about that they call the Death Star on the college campus. And it's this really weird labyrinthian building with all kinds of different, like, uh, stairways and elevators and alcoves and everything, all kind of outdoor. And you can just, people check it out because it's just, kind of cool and weird. And, but we tried to go up to uh, to one level and open the door, and eh, some homeless guy was living there, and my kids got scared, so we had to leave. In the college building? Uh, in the stairway, of one of the wow. areas. Yep. Yeah. 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 Cool, huh? Um, That wasn't the reason I told the story. Why? Oh, the reason I told the story is I ride my bike through this major college campus all the time, and every single kid is staring at their phone uh, as they walk places, whether they're walking alone from the building to the dorm or one building to another, or they're walking with their friends. doesn't matter if there's five of them together. They're all staring at their phones. And um, I'm I'm not here to, you know, guarantee kids today um, to just necessarily do that. But you got to recognize it's a change. I mean, for when I was in college, if I'd have been walking across the campus, I don't know what I was doing, but I was like looking at the trees or the squirrels or thinking about a girl or a who knows what. But I wasn't staring at my phone. So it's something different that is happening. And if I was walking with some other people, we are probably talking to each other. We weren't staring at our phones. So I I can't concretely make the argument that it's worse, but it is definitely different.
0: Well, and I would make the argument, and I think uh, neuroscientists who are listening to the show, and there probably are very few of them, uh, but I, I think they would agree with me when I say one of the main things you're doing walking back from class is your brain was filing the information you just learned mine wasn't but maybe yours was it was uh, it was dealing with it was understanding it it was mulling it over in your subconscious and and putting it where it belongs and forming connections between that and other things you would read simply because you're not specifically occupied in something else Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty Here's Armstrong and Getty
1: So we got on the topic of presidential heights for some reason During the Armstrong and Getty show
0: today Well yeah, I was fantasizing about uh, James Madison uh, Returning from the dead and uh, hacking up people around the Capitol And no, no secret service, you don't need to come see me (laughs) <laughs> it's a spinning in the grave type reference. Oh, and we were talking about how, how physically diminutive James Madison was and how he probably wouldn't really get very far. Not only was he our shortest president at 5'4",
1: James Madison was our lightest president. I now have the weights. So we went through the tallest presidents, Lincoln the tallest, then LBJ, then Trump. Those are your top three. Uh, Your shortest presidents were uh, James Madison, Benjamin Harrison, Martin Van Buren, 5'4", 5'6", 5'6". But anyway, so they got the weights. I don't know how they came up with these. And also the BMIs based on the weights and weights. There you go. Everybody, I think, knows who's a fan of presidential history knows William Howard Taft was our biggest president. He was 3'32". He had a BMI of 42.3. That's a high BMI. Yeah, it is. I'm not real up on BMIs, but it's it's got to be anything over 29 is considered obese. Shut up, I know, it's and it's dumb. And to get down to not being obese, you have to be freaking skinny. Yeah, on the
0: BMI chart. So I'll leave the BMI alone then. But well, um, doesn't matter. But Taft, uh, known for being fat, better than being known for heading up all three branches of government. Chief Justice of the Supreme Court and uh, President Pro Tem of the Senate, right? I didn't know the third one there. I knew he was in the Supreme Court, but... He was a senator, anyway. If I'm wrong, sue me. Uh, Didn't know Grover Cleveland was a big old boy. Oh, yeah. Hell, yeah. Yeah. I can picture him big old mustache, big old fat face. 275. Back at a time when everybody wasn't
1: 275, where half your friends were not 275 or dang close. I mean, you would have stood out at 275 back then. McKinley was 233. Zachary was, Taylor, two thirty. Man, we went through a period of time there, mid-late 1800s, where we were
0: electing some big old boys. Now, Zachary Taylor, I, I picture him being kind of thin-faced. But he's a, he's a big boy, huh? He just didn't gain weight on his face, I guess. Was Grover Cleveland the one that was reputed to be, uh, he'd prefer to date fellas? Do you I don't like think it? so. I don't nah, think that's him. No, nah, I'm thinking of somebody else. Was it Hoover? Oh, it was whoever it was. It was somebody around the, the time of uh, Andrew Jackson, because he, he made the reference to uh, uh, Aunt Nancy and Miss Fancy. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I can't remember who that was, though. So, yeah, it uh, Teddy Roosevelt, 237. Another fat boy. Pretty big guy. I Trump hope they he get- had a fat, big old horse to ride him around. Trump they got at 245.
1: I believe it. Chester A. Arthur, 238. Man, we had some big presidents back in the day. Clinton's 234. Clinton was a big old fat boy. Still, well, he got skinny after his heart attack, right? How tall a guy was Clinton? 6'2",
0: I think. I just looked that up. I tell you what. Yeah, 6'2". You add another inch or two of height to the same fat guy? Oh, that's a lot. I mean, like, if I were... I'm about 5'10 at this point. Um, If I were 6 foot, I would probably weigh at my current weight. I'm about 200 pounds right now. Um, I'd probably be 215, 220, don't you think? Yeah,
1: height adds a lot of weight, no doubt about it. Yeah. Um,
0: What do you mean at this point? Are you shrinking? Uh, Yeah, I used to be 5'11. You've shrunk an entire inch? That's not possible. Well, now, remember... It can be a tenth of an inch, and you know you're no longer five eleven. But uh, no, it's it's a, it's a significant amount. Yeah, are right. you sure you haven't?
1: I'm absolutely pretty positive. How I know exactly how much I've shrunk because huh. I had myself laser measured for chemotherapy. Oh, that's right. Uh and I had uh, I'd been calling myself six one my whole life, but I was really six foot and three quarters. Ah, um, hyperbole. So if I had any shoes on whatsoever, I was six one. But uh I'm six foot and a quarter inch now, so I've lost a half an inch.
0: Yeah, I've never been laser measured, so I, I couldn't tell you that. I just know for my entire life going to the doctor, they'd say five eleven, blah, blah, blah. And then uh all of a sudden they started saying five ten. Huh. I said, wait a minute, I'm no James Madison over here. Let me see that thing. Yeah, Ground okay. down by life, is that it? Pretty much. Yeah, yeah. And you just uh, compressed my vertebrae are compressed, and just my feet are flat, and my my hips are wore out. <laughs> <laughs> Is it gravity that just pulls us down? Well, more or less, yeah,
1: yeah. So if you like, if you hung upside down
0: to sleep at night, would you get taller, like a bat? Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's an interesting question. I've actually considered getting those. Uh, what do you call them? The tables that tip you back and you kind of hang upside downish. Inversion to do, tables or... to do what? Just to, to spend a certain amount of time a day on them. It's supposed okay. to be good for your back. stretches huh? out the muscles and takes pressure off the discs and stuff. How tall are you, Michael? 5'8". Five 5'8"? Eight. Five eight? Yeah. You'd tower over James Madison. Please. Oh, yeah. He'd be... He tried to look you in the eye, he'd be looking you in the nipples. Father of the Constitution. You'd walk up to him and do that whole thing, and what's
1: that on your shirt, and then him in the chin with oh. your finger. Oh, because you're five eight and he's five four. Because that's what you do to people who are shorter than you, don't you know? Yeah, victimize
0: them. I would love to be taller.
1: <laughs> you would? Yeah. How do you think that would have affected your life if you were taller in any way outside of like once you get past high school? Would there have been any advantage to being five ten as opposed to five eight? I do
0: think if you're taller, you're more confident. Hmm. That could be. Plus, the percentage of women who will not date a man shorter yes. than them is significant. Five eight's
1: tall enough, though. There aren't that many. Dames out there taller than 5'8. Well, maybe
0: uh, Michael's dreamed of dating giantesses. I think you're being dismissive of his pain. I don't appreciate it. <laughs> giantesses. <laughs> ah, boy. Um, uh, I'll, st- uh, I'll, I'll wrap I wish up Donald to- J. Trump, LBJ, or Abe Lincoln were here to whoop your ass. Our slimmest presidents
1: by BMI, which the, the, that part about BMI is it does combine height and weight. Mm-hmm. Um, John F. Kennedy was only at 22.6 at 182 pounds Because he was over 6 foot tall
0: That's interesting He was also ill with quite a few maladies mm-hmm. Barack Obama thin 180 T.J. Obama Thomas Jefferson Chase no slaves around I'll keep the weight off He's 181 Oh boy Always with the slaves uh, uh, You gotta get to Link I gotta believe Lincoln His height Because he was thin as a beanpole Lincoln at 6'4 185 That's a thin dude
1: Uh, Coolidge, light, 166. William Henry Harrison, 162. You get down to these weights in the modern world, you don't know any dudes who are 160
0: in the modern world. Not many, no.
1: No, indeed. Coolidge, 160s. Harrison, 160s. Franklin Pierce in the 160s. John Tyler in the 160s.
0: Andrew Jackson, who was a badass, was 154. Ain't the size of the dog in the fight, Jack. Right? Mm -hmm. Dot, dot, dot. And the
1: lightest was the shortest. James Madison. I could have wrestled him in high school because I was small myself. One twenty-two. Wow,
0: that's you a child. little fella.
1: That is a little fella. You could just put him in your pocket and carry him around and ask him questions about the commerce
0: clause or whatever you want to do. I'm pretty certain I was that big as a twelve-year-old. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, I, I wrestled say? at I wrestled <laughs> at one oh three as a freshman
1: in high school. One. 17, I think, as a sophomore. Wow. And then, uh, I think my junior year I was like 120.
0: Yeah. yeah. I know. I was, a very, very slim. Teeny little feller. Hey, <laughs> yes, I did was. you did you read, uh, American Lion, the book about Andrew Jackson? I did by John Meacham. Pulitzer I, did. I read Runner. the whole thing. I hated it. No lions, not even one. <laughs> Um, you ready? To do, there's, I'm down to the last page. There when, hasn't been a line yet. There when does be a Andrew th- Jackson fight the lion? Better be a lion on this last page. Nope, no lions. <laughs> but it was something, man. His childhood? Starving poor. Virtually nobody to look out for him as a kid. He, he fought his way through life. I mean, like serious, bloody fighting. And then as soon as it was time for swordplay, he'd go to hacking people, or they'd hack him. He was just, his life, it made Joe Biden and his bent, rusty straight razors look like, uh, you know, the chess club. Right. And uh, my
1: favorite quote from Andrew Jackson, any regrets about your presidency? Yes, I regret that I did not kill John Calhoun, who was his (laughs) vice president. (laughs) (laughs) Now that's a a quote.
0: (laughs) Armstrong and Getty. jack armstrong and joe getty i got my sexy pants on the armstrong and getty show uh we have a fair mountain sound fridge uh what should we do with it i don't know clean it out, clean it out sound i think we uh, should tease something
1: to keep people through the podcast sure we'll you want. end with new song from springsteen and john mellencamp together i don't think they've ever collaborated Wow. In fact, I, I don't know this. Maybe you know it, Joe. I would have guessed that Springsteen didn't dig Mellencamp as kind of a uh, wannabe him. I would have guessed, but uh, I don't know. I don't know that.
0: What a, that's an interesting thought. Never considered that. The guy who actually really turned me on to Bruce Springsteen in my youth was also a big John Mellencamp fan Okay, at the time. Johnny Cougar at the time. That's right. Ridiculous. And he hated that stage name. Hey guys, in an interview uh Springsteen said he really likes Melon So Okay, well yeah. that,
1: see I made a horrible assumption. We'll play well, There's a, a lot, l- lot to like. We'll play a little of the song from the uh, the old couple of old men coming up here in a little bit.
0: Yeah, first uh, this is an odd story. Is it self-explanatory, uh, Michael? Clip number 4? Yeah, I th- I think so. All right, let's play it. Pop the hood caught a squirrel red-handed right down here, snacking on these wires. They told me that because the wires were chewed so close to the firewall, they had no option but to replace the entire wiring harness in the truck.
1: It went from oil-based to soybean-based.
0: Well, it is great for the environment. So great, of course, that animals are attracted to that soybean-based insulation. So they chew through it. Wow. So automotive wiring is now the the, the uh, insulation is soybean-based. How long has it been that way? Wow. It's most, mostly new cars, but okay. I guess it's for
1: environmental reasons. Well, so I've had problems with rodents anyway. Well, that's a squirrel, right? That's squirrel's a rodent? Yeah, um, I believe so, yeah. I've had a problem with rats eating out they're, wiring. They're
0: rats with fancier tails.
1: I've had a number of cars destroyed by uh, rats before they went soybean-based, so that's
0: not going to help.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you leave a car parked for very long, rats will
0: eat up the wires. Always yeah. remember that. It's weird. Uh, hey, that we didn't do that Fallon new Bachelor host joke, did we? No. no. I like the sound of that. There's a
1: new seasonette not. of The Bachelor?
0: Okay. Some entertainment news. ABC has named Jesse Palmer as the new host of The Bachelor. Yeah, today,
1: Jesse said, I've dreamed about this job ever since I found out how much it paid. (laughs) Yep, Jesse Palmer is the new bachelor host, but before he got hired, he and all the other candidates had to fill out an application, and the questions they asked were pretty interesting. For instance, a potential bachelor host were asked, can you tell the difference between six different women named Lauren? (laughs) Uh, Next up, do you have the stamina to work seven minutes a week? (laughs) Next up, are you comfortable putting crying drunk people in the back of a limo to the airport? (laughs) And finally, have you ever sat next to a screaming bachelorette party and thought, "I want to do this for a living"? See, these are smart questions for the bachelor. So, the old host of The Bachelor got run out over some like innocuous to me comment,
0: but he was yeah. It doesn't even stand out. I can't. I read about the story, but I can't remember what he said. It It was was, so
1: minor thing. Yeah. It had to do with race. That doesn't matter. It was a it was a nothing burger. But he yeah, lost he his wasn't jump. disapproving enough. That was yep. that was the yep. all it was. Yeah.
0: Yep. the old somebody laughed and he didn't, or, or he didn't tell them. I condemn that he, attempted humor. Yeah, he
1: got Billy Bush. Is what's happened. He was there when something happened that people didn't approve of, and he didn't stand up forcefully enough, and he lost one of the best gigs in show business over it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm scanning the uh the list. You know, I, I hate to give Matt Gates any air. He was grilling the General Milley in front of Congress. He's so obviously trying to distract people from the fact that he's rapey.
1: You know, he's, he's grandstanding
0: like crazy.
1: And technically he's rapey because he's having sex with underage girls, allegedly. Yeah. And that is
0: rape no matter what, well and well he yes no. to different He's, states where it was legal, right? Well and or he would be in a state where it's not legal to have sex with a 17-year-old and uh no, wait a second. He was in a state where it was legal and he would have girls brought in from where it's not legal so he could you know, wow. strip them uh, you know lawfully in that state. Wow. Yeah. A 17-year-old. Allegedly. Allegedly. So no, we won't play that clip. Okay. Uh, uh. Um, That's a heck of a noise. Else?
1: Do you have restless what anal else? syndrome? Oh.
0: <laughs> I don't know, but it's time we talk openly about restless anus syndrome. Anyway, uh, shall uh, speaking of musical sensations, shall we get to the new Bruce slash John Mellencamp sure. song? Let's dig it. It's called Wasted Days. I'm told it's a little depressing. How can a man watch his life go down the drain? How many moments has he lost today? And how much could ever see him? The end is coming. from a couple Whoa. of old men, a well, new genre, dying old guy rock.
1: <laughs> now I, you know, the, Bruce Springsteen and John Mellencamp could get together and do anything, and I would probably like the sound of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but geez, what's with the lyrics? If you heard two old guys saying that sort of stuff sitting on the porch, like if my dad and a friend of his were sitting on the porch saying. Oh, you can see the end. It's almost here. The Wasted Days. I think, Wow, geez, cheer up.
0: <laughs> wow. Yeah, make the most of these. Uh, coming up, we'll play an excerpt from One Foot in the Grave by Mick Jagger and Charlie Watt. What's that? By Mick Jagger. <laughs> Too late.
1: Yikes. Then we've got uh, What's the Point of This from Don Henley. Another good song.
0: I've Wasted My Entire Life by Bob Seger. Hmm.
1: Um, another giant hit from Who's an Aging Star. Can't have one pop into my head. They all age. Yeah, Bob Seger's a good one. Um, Fleetwood Mac out with uh, My Health is Failing Me. That's another good hit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I can hear the hot breath. Here, You don't hear hot breath. I can smell the hot breath of the Grim Reaper. <laughs> <laughs> by i don't know insert the recording artist of your choice
1: yeah i wish i could think of more older aging rockers just to to continue the gag going
0: but you got to make sure they're still about paul right. mccartney
1: i was gonna say tom petty could be he's dead yeah. yeah paul mccartney with i'm in constant pain that's his new hit
0: jesus that's too
1: much now <laughs> so, so you suck so was john Millencamp saying boo. i can see the end it's almost here what the hell is that depressing <laughs> He had a song on his last album. It was a great tune, but it was the same vibe of everything I try to do now comes to nothing. I was just like, a dude. And then I try, compared try it. Try bird
0: watching. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then I compared it, and it's just, you know, this is probably true for a lot of old people. I compared it to John Prine, one of my musical heroes, who unfortunately died of COVID last year. But he is an old man, too. And he just put out an album about... You know, how much fun he was having as an old guy and the things he plans to do in heaven when he dies, which is just a fantastic, when I get to heaven, I'm going to smoke a cigarette that's nine miles long. I mean, he just, it was like up-tempo and and he's still enjoying himself. And then you got the John Mellencamp, Bruce Springsteen, life's almost over, what's the point? I can see the end. I Uh, wasted
0: my days, all of them (laughs) are. So is
1: that just the two sides of the coin of being old? You might go one way, you might go the other? Maybe you feel different ways, different days, I don't know. I'm not that old yet, so thank God.
0: Yeah, there's probably some of that. And I'm just finding this really depressing. <laughs> One foot in the grave. <laughs> Should end it on the Grim Reaper joke.
1: What, what did you call it? Old, old, uh, old.
0: Dying old guy rock.
1: <laughs> I don't know if that's going to be a genre. It might end up being a genre with uh, with all the musicians, all the most biggest musicians of back when. You could make a gazillion dollars becoming a musician, right? Right. Uh, as they all get to the the, the very end, maybe they're all going to put out songs like this. Medicare know. won't cover my new crutches. You know, whatever.
0: <laughs> I'm trying to think of. Let's see, what would Robert Plant of Led Zeppelin's song be?
1: Robert Plant's got a new album out with Allison Krauss. They're doing another one yeah. of those. Supposed yeah. to be fantastic.
0: Yeah, interesting. Sometimes you combine uh, odd ingredients and it's disgusting. Sometimes it's uh, fabulous.
1: <laughs> Old oh, dying guy rock. See if that serious channel has one of those.
0: Armstrong and Getty.